Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web 3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web 3. What gets you up in the morning? What motivates you and drives you? Two of the reasons that are very near and dear to my heart is that Web3 needed more women and it was just not user-friendly. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women sharing their insights on topics. I guess everybody was shocked that I left Amazon to go to a startup. There was an article that was published, I think it was in the New York Times, and we ended up getting, I don't know, 1,500 job applicants. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that. And Cam, when we looked at them, only 2% were women. He was a huge fan of my show, and he was like a little bit starstruck when he was asked to be on the show. I had this sinking feeling because I was like, oh boy, he's not going to like me after this interview because I had all of these tough questions for him. Healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. The soulful expression that I was seeing and how people were authentically exuding their true self. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. Remember, always look to the sky above, earth below, and the fire within. Hi, and welcome to Women Who Web 3. I'm your host, Cams, and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web 3. Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseur, this podcast is for you. Let's get it. On today's show, we're talking about empowering female founders and fashion and NFTs. In 2021, Forbes reported that a world record was broken. Over 5.4 million new businesses in the U.S. were started, a record. Women started 49% of those new businesses up from 28% in 2019. And female-founded businesses represent $1.8 trillion in revenue. We are leading the economy. Each and every day across the U.S., 1,817 new women-owned businesses are started. And yet, women only receive 2.7% of venture funding. And they're half as likely as men to receive a small business loan. And only 11% of investors are female. Here to flip the script and blaze the trail, we have Rebecca Minkoff. She is a serial entrepreneur, a mom, a fashion designer, an industry leader in accessible luxury handbags, accessories, and apparel. She has a global brand with a wide range of apparel, handbags, footwear, jewelry, fragrances, home decor, and more, selling in over 900 plus retailers across the world. In 2018, she co founded the Female Founder Collective a network of businesses led by women that invests in women's financial power across the socioeconomic spectrum by enabling and empowering female-owned businesses and bridging the gap between technology and fashion. She also has a Skillshare class called Build Your Business and Brand, Translating Your Passion into a Plan. Welcome, Rebecca Minkov. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so excited to have you here. You're working on so many projects. (laughs) You've accomplished so, so much. Uh, I was just telling my producer that I've listened to your audiobook, Fearless. And I just wanted to know what gets you up in the morning? Strong coffee. No, I think <laughs> that realizing, and I feel like it hit me, I don't even know when, maybe 
in 2019, 2020 that you view your whole life as like, I just need to hear and then, and I feel like I just had this moment where I said, it's not about getting to there and then. It's just the ability to keep playing a game and to keep innovating on that game. It's not the end goal of winning necessarily the game. And so I think what gets me up in the morning is this excitement to keep building what I have, the podcast, Female Founder Collective, my company, but then keep keep innovating and keep learning. I realized yesterday that you know, we got acquired in January. And since the acquisition, I haven't had to flex my business acumen because now there's a company worrying about all that. And it took a conversation with my husband where I was advising him on his business. And I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. This feels good. Like, okay, I got to get those juices flowing again. So I think for me, it's always like wanting to learn and be challenged. That gets me up in the morning. That's my long answer. It's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a beautiful story. And I'm excited by the fact that you're like jumping back into that business acumen again. <laughs> I was so inspired when I read about the Female Founder Collective. You recognized a gap and you jumped in and tried to bridge it. You're doing one-on-one mentorship, hosting pitch contests, your partnership with WebEx, which is for everybody listening, a huge tech company with enterprise solutions for like video conferencing. How did that partnership come to be? And do you plan to continue doing events like this? Yeah, we've done tons of events. Um, My co-founder and CEO, Allison Wyatt, is the one that was able to bring in WebEx. And I think, you know, they're really looking to increase, you know, the amount of women using all Cisco platforms. And so it made sense for them to partner with us as we launched, you know, a new vertical for the Female Founder Collective called The North, where women mentoring others is phenomenal, but also women should get paid for their time. And so we wanted to create a marketplace where the value of a successful C-suite executive or founder, she should be compensated. You know, like we do give a lot of our time to a lot of things, but like if someone's like, I just want to pick your brain for 30 minutes, why can't that be a two-way street? And so uh, WebEx was excited to sort of be the host platform of this and also give a $20,000 grant, which we did, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, to an incredible company. And um, I think the goal is that we want to reshape value with this platform um, and mentorship. And I think it's just another sort of extension of the mission of empowering female founders, getting more women in successful positions. That's incredible. I am a mentor myself for aspiring UX professionals and I, it's just intense how many women are so capable, but they're held back by feelings of, oh, I, I don't meet all of those requirements on the job application, or I don't think I'm good enough, or I just don't know if I'm ready for the real world job. And when they're just starting out, they have the education, but they don't have the actual job experience. And I just tell them, you just got to go out and do it. You never, if you don't apply, you're not going to get the job. Simple as that. Yep. You can't have everything be all perfect before you go out there. Men don't do that. And I think you'll learn as you go and you'll, you know, dust yourself off. And the only way you learn is by failing. So if you're waiting to be perfect, you'll never, you know, you'll never get anywhere and you'll never learn anything. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. We were so curious. I mean, we have the Rebecca Minkoff on here. Why is fashion important to women? And how do you have you observed how it makes people feel? And how does fashion feel to you? I think fashion 
it is a medium through which people express themselves. It's not just, I have to put on something because of the elements. And I think that's how you show someone from 10, 20 feet away who you are, what you like, what you're into, what sort of uh, group you belong to. And I think that it can make a woman feel confident. It can make her feel terrible. It's another artistic medium. There are a lot of designers that go like, I'm not an artist. I'm just a designer. And I'm like, well, you're actually creating a lot of beauty in the world, whether it's art or not. And that's kind of my view on it. I love that. So many mediums with that. And you partnered with Mavion, a brand reshaping the fashion industry through Web3 to launch a limited edition NFT experience. You're about to drop another one too. What are fashion NFTs and why should women invest in them? So there's so many answers to that question. The first two drops of NFTs that we did was with a company called The Dematerialized. And that was digital garments that can be bought and sold. There are also companies making digital garments that one can wear. I could be wearing a crown right now in a Zoom if I bought on a certain platform or earrings or whatever. The pandemic forced people into somewhat of a virtual life. And so how do you want that identity to be shaped? I'm not someone who believes or even hopes that we'll all be never leaving our apartments and only live in the metaverse. But I think there's always going to be an angle where the metaverse is going to exist. And so why not have your closet reflect you or the fantastical version of you? And when I wanted to partner with Mavion, I've known the one of the co-founders, Michelle, for since before she had this company. And what fascinated me about them was the opportunity to extend an NFT into future wealth, not, not just the NFT has value and you can sell it later because we never know where that's going to go. But the idea that built into that NFT is a future value because of the deals she's going to make with different companies, whether you know it's a makeup company and you get a royalty, the wallpaper behind you, the hair, right? There's all these elements and layers within the NFTs that can be monetized that the owner will get a percentage of. You know, for our drop in particular, you know, out of the 3,000 we're going to release, if you get a pair, um, you, you get, and the pair matches, you get a bag and then you'll get to design that bag with me. So I think we're looking to offer a lot of utility when it comes to these NFTs. You're going to access to events, you're going to get to come to fashion shows. So I think we want to make something that has longevity to it and a value that if the market, gets even worse, that you still have something tangible that you can be like, wow, I still got so much value out of this and the future wealth creation if I hold on to it. So that's what's exciting to me about partnering with them. Oh, and you mentioned uh, something exciting, the metaverse. Uh, women listening to the Women Who Web 3 podcast might not have any education or knowledge of a lot of the Web 3 buzzwords that we use. Can you explain what is the metaverse and what's the most ideal way for your customers to interact with your fashion and your products in the metaverse? Yeah, so the metaverse is a general term for a world that exists virtually. There's a lot of them, right? And they're not connected today. There's one called Sandbox. You know, there's you know, some people think Roblox is just a video game, but some people don't. And I think 
there's all, you know, what Facebook is doing by changing its name to Meta. And I saw their commercials recently, which I think frankly suck. But it's like in the future, you'll be able to take things around and move them in the metaverse to reimagine the physical world. So I think that it's this world that has many different planets, if we're going to break it down simply, that people identify with. You can go see a concert in the metaverse. Do you want to wear something to that concert? You can play a game on Roblox. Do you want to wear my thigh high boots there? And so it allows people to express themselves in, in a virtual world. So that's what the metaverse is. And it's still new and it's still the wild west, but it does have place because people want to have all kinds of ways to feel community and congregate. Yes, especially the community aspect. The metaverse is really changing the way for how we interact socially. As you mentioned, like moving things around, we can see use cases in real estate, like imagining new houses. There's so many different use cases there. I wanted to dive in a little bit more into fashion and NFTs. What is your advice for women who want to break into the Web3 space at the intersection of NFTs and the fashion industry? So there's a bunch of companies that just do virtual garments. Um, I think if you look at who has sold on this marketplace called the Dematerialized, which is where our first two drops were, there are tons of brands that never even existed ever. They've never had to make a garment um, and they've made a lot of money. <laughs> so they have a very wow. talented group of designers and people are collecting these garments. And the fascinating thing is that dematerialized hasn't even made it so that you can wear the garment virtually. You're just collecting it like someone would collect stamps or coins or baseball cards. And so some companies are doing that. Some companies are doing fidgetal, meaning I'm going to give you the NFT and you can buy the real thing. And so it really can be depending on your level of talent or ability to design what you want it to be. But I think if you're a physical designer and you're like, where do I even start? I think you could view an NFT as a token and a way to raise money. So if you're one of the 98% that's not going to get venture capital, you know, how do you think about selling your NFT, which is drawing of the garment that allows a person to get a behind the scenes look at the collection or attend a fitting or come, come watch fashion week come to life. And how does that token allow access to things that money can't buy? And you could fund your collections, you could fund your fashion shows, or at least support and take a little bit of the pressure off of the actual physical goods that it takes. So I think there's there's many ways to look at it, and there's many ways to be creative with it. Incredible. I hope everyone is writing this down. <laughs> Join me at Coindesk Consensus 2023, where Web3 meets IRL happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer among creators, builders, founders, brands, entrepreneurs, investors, and more. Use code WEB3WOMEN to get 15% off your pass. Visit events.coindesk.com slash consensus2023. You're listening to Women Who Web 3 by Coindesk. I am your host, Cams, and we are talking with Rebecca Minkoff, serial entrepreneur, author, mom, fashion designer, 
and co-founder of the Female Founder Collective, Investing in Women-Led Businesses. Rebecca, in your book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success, one of the rules that was so empowering for me was you discuss you sign your own permission slip. And you talked about this dress that you saw that you really, really wanted as a child. You asked your mom to buy it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, she's just going to say no. But in the book, you say instead, she says she'll, she'll buy you the fabric to make it. And she continues to empower you. And when you're 18 years old, you later ask to move to New York to work in fashion. And instead of like giving you the permission, she flips it around and says, if you want to go, go. And she turned that decision making over to you and the responsibility over to you. How do you find your childhood influencing your parenting style or your leadership style? That's a good question. And one I struggle with because I, I say no to my kids all the time. And <laughs> these little f***ers are like, well, I don't want it then. And I'm like, but you're supposed to, I'm supposed to say no. And then you're supposed to want to work for it and earn it. And instead you just go, Meh, whatever. And I asked Gary Vaynerchuk, we were talking about kids and I was like, why isn't it working? And how do I create an entrepreneur within my children? <laughs> and he's like, you know, he, he just said that being in New York City and what they're exposed to by being the kids of someone who's in this industry, in this world, the bar's already high, even if you say no to most things, right? They still get to live in this crazy city and go out to nice dinners and attend fun events. And so their want to like, you know, we, I split the small fry with my brothers and I couldn't get a cheeseburger because it was 10 cents more. Like they don't have that problem. And so their bar to reach is got to be much higher. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out how to create that and how to get them to think like, uh, by no means are they handed anything, but how do I incentivize and motivate them to work? So I'm still trying to tweak it and tinker with it. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of chores that are done in this house, these attempts at chores. <laughs> and I think it's also figuring out with them, like, would I like them to do the dishes? Yes. But where can they give back and feel great about it? And that's not necessarily what you always think they should do. Oh, I see. Oh, I am a new mom. So my son is seven months in two days. Oh, Thank you. So I was told they already understand. They can already stand no at that age. I think I've already said no to him 200 times, but mainly for reaching for things, grabbing things, uh, pulling things down that could kill him. <laughs> and I find myself like wondering, oh my gosh, because I'm on my phone all the time. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Slack for work. I'm all sorts of things. And he's already grasping these. He already knows how to work my phone at like six months. Wow. And mainly he wants to put it in his mouth, but which I sanitize like 10 million times a day. But I constantly find myself just giving it to him. Okay, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. But it's really nice to hear that, you know, as moms, we're, we're still figuring it out. And, and even with, you know, our parents' parenting styles influencing ours, there's a lot to learn. And it's exciting, I think. I think the road is exciting. Rebecca, you've seen so much success. What do you think is the master key to success? And why is pivoting into the Web3 space crucial for women entrepreneurs? I think everyone has to define success for themselves, but you first have to sort of push away the idea of 
fame, money, physical comforts. I'm not saying it's easy, but you have to love what you do and feel that the reward of what you do, whether it's winning a, a, a battle or, or achieving something you didn't think you could pull off, that's the reward. And if you are happy in that, you will feel satisfied. I remember being so poor that I was scamming my, my roommates like for electrical bills, being married with roommates, you know, like couldn't figure out how we were going to pay the rent, but so happy because I was fueled by my work. I was fueled by seeing the results. Obviously that changes when you have children and you need, and expenses and whatever. And I'm not saying you should never want those things. Of course, those things are great, but reframe what success is and it changes, right? Uh, now living a less hectic life is my definition of success. You know, I'm here with you today and the rest of my day is like two more calls and then I'm done. And that to me is success that I could get to a place where Fridays are lighter days, or I can not check my emails on the weekends or not worry about stuff at night and turn my phone off. And so I think that as you age, you'll change your vision of success, but I think that you can't just cast your eyes on some dollar figure that's going to make you happy. And I find that with most people, they get to some astronomical number and there's still challenges. And so really invest in what fuels you. Then the second question you asked as far as women in Web3, just like there is the internet and there is e-commerce, which was something new and people weren't sure if it was going to sink or swim. Web3 is not going to take over the world and we're all going to be robots, but it's going to be a part of how and where we do business. It's going to be a part of where marketers advertise, where people have experiences, where people can congregate. And so get your foothold now. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Every single one of our NFT projects have cost uh, under $20,000 and we've made far more than that in selling them. And so it doesn't have to cost money if you're smart. You find great partners and, you know, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be Gucci, right? It can get overwhelming when you see these Nikes and Gucci's and, oh my God, how will I ever do anything? Just get started. Just, just ask yourself, how do you want to show up and how do you want your customer to perceive you and where in this world and what can you do? Yes. So powerful what you're saying. And I really appreciate you breaking it down and really getting us to like the molecular level of just understanding in general, what is success to us? What does it look like? Honestly, I like the free Fridays. That's fun. <laughs> that's, that's success to me too. Yes. Um, Three-day weekend, four-day weekend, but I took your Skillshare class. And I have to say, it was one of my favorite classes because you literally are writing goals with us. Like you literally took out a big pad of paper, <laughs> a marker, and you're writing everything down. And everybody listening, you have to take the class. First of all, go to Rebecca's Twitter, you can actually sign up for Skillshare for free for like a couple, like 30 days or something like that. Um, you have to take it. I learned a lot. It helped me focus my life and what I was really aiming for and really got to what, what success looks like to me. What do I want my personal brand? What value do I want to give to people, women in general, especially? There's something that I did. I did have a question inside of everything you were saying. When a female founder, for example, can't pay salary for a team, and they're trying to start an NFT project, they're trying to start any sort of project, but needs that execution arm to get stuff done, how do they do it? Harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I mean, I guess it's a, it's hard question to answer. Like can't pay salary to who, you know, like tell me who they're paying salaries to. And I'll tell you, you know, like we didn't have anyone on our team who was like the NFT executor. We had me and my head of partnership and PR Mary. And it was like, okay, well you and I will figure it out. And we figured it out. Right. We hired a freelance, a freelancer for the dematerialized project by asking them, who do we hire? And we said, Hey, you know, um, how do we do this? And at the time we didn't have the funds and dematerialized said, we'll pay him and we'll take it off of your revenue. And I was like, great, you know? And so, yes, they charged a fee for that. And was that cheap? No, but we didn't have to advance the capital. So I think you can be smart about things. You know, with Mavion, it's definitely a co-branded project. They, they have their expenses. We have ours. And we're just keeping the math on both sides. But I think, again, this stuff doesn't have to be expensive. And there's so much talent out there that wants exposure. So maybe you don't have the money, but you give them a percentage of the revenue that is brought in, or you give them a big shout out on social. Like, how can you make it valuable for other people to partner with you and and start there? Thank you, Rebecca. I'm going to ask maybe one more question before we share with everybody where to find you and sort of what projects you'd like everyone's attention on. As far as these investment statistics, at first, when I was reading them, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, not many people are investing in women, but women are still killing the game regardless of investment. But what advice do you have for investors who might be listening to this call on finding the right projects in Web3 to invest in and the right women to invest in? I think that, and I'm going to not be able to point you to the study, but someone did a study of the returns that women-owned companies bring to investors versus male, and the percentages are crazy, much more successful. And so, like, do you want to make more money? And then (laughs) that just seems like smart investing to me. But also, there's a lot of Kool-Aid that can get drunk. And I think that when you're investing in Web3, you still have to have a solid strategy for growth. And, you know, investors know this, but for the, you know, women listening, like people are investing to make money. They're not investing because they're nice people. And so what is your path to growth and an exit in a timeline that your investor is looking for? And so I think that, you know, don't get drunk on the Kool-Aid and make sure there's a viable business there. And it's not just a bunch of hype, which I think we saw, you know, with the downturn with NFTs happen in kind of May, June, like the bubble burst. So now people really need to have a solid plan of attack of how they're going to keep making money and keep people coming back. And if you're a smart investor, you'll know what to look for. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Great advice and tips for everyone listening. I want to understand just where where can we find you? Where do you want listeners to view your projects? What are you working on that you want everybody's attention on? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, if you are a female founder and you want an incredible community of over 17,000 other women to commiserate with, to ask tips, tricks, resources, you should definitely check out the 10th house. As part of Female Founder Collective, it is a membership-based organization. Uh, We provide a ton of value and education to our founders with all the pain points that you're experiencing as one. If you're a C-suite executive or a founder who 
has achieved a level of success, we'd love you to join our mentorship platform called The North. All that can be found at femalefoundercollective.com. Um, if you need a new wardrobe or just a great handbag, go to rebeccaminkoff.com and shop us, wear us. And if you're need for a book and you want audio or read the real thing, go to Amazon or Audible and get my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It was such a pleasure having you here. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) You're very welcome. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Rebecca Minkoff. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to go into our, our weekly meditation this week. And an inspiration to Rebecca, this meditation focuses on overcoming burnout. Just in case you don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, burnout looks and feels different for everyone. It can leave you feeling physically or mentally exhausted, overwhelmed, irritable, unmotivated, or stressed. Something you originally loved to do might start feeling like a chore. And it can come from work or personal issues piling up over time until you feel like you need to scream or run. And you're not alone. More than half of the workforce in the U.S. reported they were feeling burnt out. The good news is, with meditation, we can take the steps to relieve some of the stress that comes with burnout and clear our minds so that we can tackle everything we set out to accomplish. Wherever you are, if you're in a safe space to do so, put all screens away get comfortable in a seated position or you can lie down. If it's safe to do so, you can gently close your eyes or softly focus on something in front of you. Let's start with a nice deep breath. Inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Good. Two more like that. Good. Now that you're nice and relaxed, make sure your arms are by the side, resting, forehead, jaw, tongue, everything is relaxed. Let go of the belly, feel the breath in the belly as you inhale, it expands and you exhale, everything releases from the belly that you don't need. To address burnout, I want you to focus on self-reflection. Who's around you at work, at home, at school? If you feel stress coming up, where is that stress coming from? Who is it coming from? We can identify little stressors in our life by looking at who's there, what's our environment like, and either remove those things or try our best to do less and less, to be around those people less and less and those environments less and less. At work, what's your environment like? Are you constantly on a deadline? Do you feel micromanaged? Do you feel safe to talk to your boss or HR or those around you about how you're feeling? Do they accept you and hold space for you? If not, might be time for a change. Now reflect on where you spend your time. Are you on your phone a lot? 
make sure you're breathing as you're visualizing and taking note and being aware of where you spend your time. Any stress that comes up, take note of it. Make a mental note to get less of it. And then breathe it all away. Good. We're going to practice a breathing technique called box breathing. Uh, I like to call it square breath just because a box makes me feel like I'm boxed in. But with square breath, we can use this in high stress situations when you're feeling the pangs of burnout or you just feel overwhelmed. Navy SEALs in the United States, which are an elite team, are frequently placed in high stress situations and they're trained on this technique. And box breathing is a valuable mindfulness tool that can aid us in stress management and overall wellness. Picture a square in your mind, a shape with four equal straight sides and four right angles. We're going to inhale for four counts, the top of the square, hold the breath for four counts, going down the square, exhale for four counts, making the bottom of the square, and then hold the breath for four counts, going back up to the top, and then we start the exercise again. Before we start, I'll let you know why this is so powerful. It calms the autonomic nervous system, which is made of two parts, the sympathetic system, which is fight or flight, and the parasympathetic system, which relaxes your body. A new mantra that you should adopt, rest and digest. It brings you calm, it's great for the lungs, and it engages our diaphragm, getting that lower part of our lungs and getting air in there. We'll do the first two breaths together. I'll count them for you. We'll go at your own pace. As you breathe in, visualize the breath filling your lungs and circulating through your body. As you breathe out, visualize all the stress leaving the body. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. One more. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Good. We can do two more of those on your own. Relax, you have nothing else to do except to come inside, go inward and breathe. Good job. Whenever you need a hit of calm or you feel burned out, spend three to five minutes doing some square breathing. You don't need permission to slow down and breathe. And remember, to just be aware of what's going on in your environment, who are you around, where do you spend your time, and where can you invite space for yourself for calm and relaxation. Thank you for your practice. Come back to the space by wiggling the toes and the fingers. If you are laying down, come to a seated position with your head coming up last and gently flutter the eyes open. 
Thank you for meditating with us today again. We can't wait to meditate with you again next week and bring you some more exciting guests. I want to thank you all for listening to Women Who Web 3. You can find us on the Coindesk Podcast Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Kams. Thank you for taking that step and changing the world together. Remember, always look to the sky above, the earth below, and the fire within. You've been listening to Women Who Web 3 with host Kamala Ancantara. This show has been produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Executive producer is Jared Schwartz. Our theme song is 20-something by Danielle Musto. Cams would love to hear from you. You can reach out to her at cams, K-A-M-Z, at womenwhoweb3.com or podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, Women Who Web 3. Thanks for listening.